everybody, what's going on? Rob Cesarino back here as we continue our march to the Survivor Ghost Island premiere. And I am joined by one of the stalwarts of the Survivor preseason. Here she is back to talk about her character types for Survivor Ghost Island. The great Angie Cons. Angie, how are you? Yeah, very good. Starting to get a little pumped up about uh, Survivor. I really hadn't been paying it too much attention these last couple of weeks. It's like, okay, it was like my uh, tax returns. It's like, okay, I know I got to do it. I know I got to do it. And then this week I was like going through everything. Oh, my God, I got to get ready. But uh, no, I'm starting to get very excited because now I feel like I know who these people are. And we are going to learn even more about the 20 cast members of Survivor Ghost Island in the character types. Before we get to that, Angie... Mm -hmm. How are you? I'm doing great. I had a similar experience this year in that it wasn't until about last week that I started diving into the cast and I'm really excited about it. It seems like a really great group and I like it because the, the Survivor commercials are making more sense to me because I'm like, I know who you are and I know who that person is and why they're making that joke. So uh, no, I'm great. I'm super pumped for this season. Yes. And will you be putting all of the Ghost Island relics into character types? <sighs> That is a great what idea. What is the stick? Is he Heisenberg? <laughs> um, I think that that's a little bit more of a specialist, don't you think? <laughs> I guess so. A legend, so, a legend in his own mind. Okay, so uh, just to reset all of this, and the last season we ended up doing this a couple weeks into it because uh, you were working out a new system that was a little more predictive. We're not going to do that today. Uh, we're going to just talk about the character types going into the season and predictions going through without getting into any sort of data in terms of like uh, that is sort of showing where they're going. We're just going by their bios and their preseason information. That is correct. Anything that we're leaning on from that uh, that extra system is simply going to be um, a little bit of extra analysis saying a character type that displays this kind of behavior is more likely to get further in the game. So that that was my original vision for developing the second system. So I'm really excited to be able to do that today. Okay. So uh, we went through everything last season. We talked about the uh, the character types. How did the character types hold up last season? They actually did really well. I think I had the most uh, accurate season prediction of all times, uh, which was it was I had an all time. Of all time. I had a legend. Um, uh, uh, yeah, I had a 67 percent accuracy rate for final placement, which is the best it's ever been for sure. OK, so. All right. So you feel locked in. You feel locked in in terms of the uh, the uh, character type. <laughs> I feel pretty good about it. But um, there's always uh, there's always room for error. And there's always uh, there's always outliers. Some people play um, like the perfect the perfect game within their character type and other people are completely off uh, the beaten path and do something completely out of character. So you never know what you're going to get. And sometimes, you know, there's a lot of luck to this game as well. So sometimes advantages happen and people get left behind um, that wouldn't normally uh, and that kind of thing. Okay, Angie, we get new listeners every season, at least 20 sometimes. <laughs> Can you explain what this exercise is that we're going to do today? I would love to. So a couple years back, I came up with a theory after seeing similar types of players cast on the show year after year. And I thought if I could define the broad categories that uh, casting uses to create, um, you know, a diverse but consistent cast season after season, 
And then if I could plot the success of those players in these broad categories, um, is it possible that I may have stumbled upon like a fun, predictive and, and a little bit analytical tool to use before the game even starts? Mm-hmm. So what it's there are a total of 26 possible character uh, character types that I've defined. Twelve are men, 14 are women. They all have names that represent the qualities of that type. And every year I try and figure out which cast members fall into which category. And while the system only has an accuracy rate of about 55 percent each season, it's consistent season after season which means I don't suddenly have one season that is totally off and I'm only 10% right or another one where I'm wickedly right and it's 90%. So it tends to be very accurate at predicting how the players will approach the game. And it's also pretty good about predicting the final five. So in terms of the accuracy, like let's say the system says, okay, this person tends to come in sixth place and they come in ninth place. How do you grade that? Well, I mean, there's, first of all, um, it's better at, at deciding not just that this person should come in at six, but they come in at night, but this person's going to come in and be too aggressive. They're going to not be able to show, help showing themselves, let's say, as a leader or something like that. That's what's accurate at doing. But generally, how I how I judge uh, the accuracy of it is very simple math. I simply say if I'm within five spots of the final of the of the actual, if my prediction versus actual is five spots away, I consider that a hit. And if it's more than five spots away, then it's a miss. So if more than 50% of the cast ends up to be a hit rather than a miss, that's a good day. Okay. All right. Angie, I've been thinking about this. I feel like what we really need to add to this is I feel like that we need like a mascot of every <laughs> single character type because then, and that mascot should be like a survivor player because then we can sort of talk about it as like, oh, well, everybody knows the Andrea is going to go far, but we know that the uh, whoever, oh, they're going to be out before the merge. Like, oh, this was, you know, uh, very, you know, I, I can't believe that Bill Posley ended up going <laughs> to the final three this season. Well, I mean, we try and draw on past players as much as possible because I really want people to be very mindful of, of which players in, is in which type, because otherwise it, it becomes very abstract and, and confusing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I hope to, I hope to mention past players a little bit more to really, really solidify it in the minds and hearts of, okay. uh, of super I, fans like everywhere. Attach a face to it. Like I get confused between the GI Jane and the tough old broad. Like I feel like, no, no. Oh, no. So, uh, that would help me. Okay. Imagine them in my head. Okay. So that'd be like your Michaela versus your Tina Wesson. Yes. Cause I can't tell them apart. So uh, let's get into uh, where do you want to begin, Angie? Um, well, we can launch right into it. I mean, I do I, I do want to mention a little bit about um, the new system in terms of what I'm going to be saying at the end of each character type, just so that you understand why I'm, I'm referencing this and why it may know more than just our own intuition. Um, so this is a this is a, a system that I developed with uh, Sean Falconer and Amanda Rabinowitz, and it's called the uh, the GameBot system. Which stand? Mm-hmm. Which stand? No, it's fun. It stands An for acronym. Yes, it stands for uh, game behavioral observation theory. So what okay. it does is it tracks the frequency that each player displays one of twenty-two behaviors in each episode of the show, and then Sean uses machine learning to determine who's behaving most like a winner. So while it's based on what the edit shows us, it's primarily based on the personalities of the players and who's displaying the behaviors that are most consistent with past winners. So that's really important that it's displaying, it's showing us behaviors of past winners. So it doesn't roll it all up 
and say, you need these three qualities to win. It's saying, if you are this type of player, then you need to show these kinds of, of qualities to win. So, for example, last year it was showing that Ben was playing most like Denise Stapley, and that's why he was a front runner. Mm-hmm. So it, it gets very complicated, but it's very it's very neat. So what I had originally originally envisioned for this is I was hoping that by tracking how all the character types played throughout episode after episode throughout their whole season, we would then be able to look at the, the character types that did really well versus the same character types that didn't do well and compare them and be able to to then say, you know, if this new player behaves like this um, and takes this kind of approach, they'll do better than the than the average because this this whole predictive system is based on the average of how every character type who's played in that character has done so if you want to be like an adam klein you need to bring a lot more to the table if you want to be natalie anderson you need to bring a lot more to the table the system can tell you precisely what you need to bring okay which is not what we're talking about today right well no no no. just at the end so i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna say that i'm gonna do my regular character types prediction but at the end let's say you know this is this is the oh no you didn't this is what after explaining why i put that uh person in that category i'm gonna say this is what she she may or may not need to show if she wants to go to uh, final five okay that's it that's it okay I, i'm making no predictions it was eerily pre- uh accurate last season in fact it, yes. it literally is a spoiler so i'm not doing it if you want to follow along with us on sean's blog it's really a lot of fun, but I'm not interested in in uh, in, in doing that on a podcast. Okay. Well, and what is the link for Sean's blog? It is seanfalconer.blogspot.ca. And if you okay. and if you want to code along with us, you, there's a sign up sheet um, on my Twitter page. And I'm actually I'm jumping. I'm skipping to the end here, but I'm actually looking for uh, a bunch of Canadians to be coding it this season. Uh, for th- Why Canadians? I have a theory that uh, we're we're trying to do a test this season that is a culture and gender uh, test that we're doing. Um, this is based on my lone opinion that uh, Chrissy was coded differently by the Americans than it was by than she was by the Canadians. So I need to see okay. if that's BS or if uh, Americans are breaking my system. Okay. And what what will your findings reveal if your theory holds out that Americans were more biased towards Chrissy than Canadians? Yes. Okay. Because my I I had her in my top three as a prediction in in that podcast we did last season. Uh, Sean's math did not based on the other people that were coding along with me. Okay. So I found that strange because she was in the top three for me throughout the whole season and other people found her far more abrasive and aggressive than I did. And I thought that's really weird. I wonder why. Okay. All right. Well, keep us posted on uh, whether or not the Canadians voted for Chrissy to win. I think they did, but I will. I will for sure. Okay. Okay. Are we ready All to right. get into it and see uh, who is, uh, is going home first? Yeah, what are you going to tell us? You're going to tell us the cast member. You're going to tell us the character type. I can tell you the character type and then the cast member and then uh, tell you, okay. like walk you through my process as to why I put the uh, the cast member in that particular type. OK, I do want to say this cast was brutally hard. I think this is the hard, mm-hmm. the hardest cast I've ever had to try and and work my system on not just because there's 20 of them why well there's a lot of them any cast of 20 is is incredibly difficult to do because there's a lot of overlaps um and particularly the fact that they were so young and so, so many of them seemed to have so many qualities of each other it was uh it was really difficult it's like a 
it's like a slide puzzle. You know, once you realize mm-hmm. where one piece goes, the rest have to move. And then often that's that's the key to the whole thing. It's like when you do like process of elimination, this character has to be this type. That means he gets other characters can't be that type. And then you start to uh, it starts to shift around a little bit. But yeah, there was a little bit of shoehorning going on, which I don't like doing. Okay. All right. So give us the first person off the bat. Okay. In 20th place is our Meredith Gray. And this year that is Laurel. 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 Wow. Meredith Gray is 20th. Yeah. So this is our 25 to 35 year old doctor. Throw out the list. (laughs) It's garbage. It's garbaggio. Um, so this is like a professional type uh, female that's a little bit older, meaning like, uh, you know, just broaching on 30. Um, and typically she's very smart. She's very intense and she's high energy, but she's also uh, really not good at this game. Okay, well, wh- where do I send my strongly worded letter to Sean Falconer? <laughs> no th- Sean Falconer dot This is not the new system. This is the character types. I'm sorry. Okay. So um, something went wrong. Yeah. Well, I must I must say so many players this season have overlapped multiple character types. And um, it was it was very difficult for me to um, uh, to cast uh, Lauren. I mean, given her um, intense athleticism, I was very close to making Laurel my uh, my G.I. Jane. And on the surface, Mm -hmm. she does. uh, She may appear like a Michaela, but she's far more of a Candace Cody. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Personality plays a large part in uh, in the character type system, and I just can't get around the fact that she went to Yale and she's too smart for the game. I'm like, yeah. I'm really sorry because um, the Meredith Gray is absolutely the kiss of death. Even with Sarah's recent win, this type has one of the worst performances, and I really like her. Like, she seems very solid, very likable, and I don't think she'll be the first boot. But it's going to be so difficult for her to fly under, under the radar. Plus, she's eight feet tall, so it's going to be extra tough for her to not be noticed. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe if she can pretend to be the G.I. Jane, she can make it work. But I don't know. You can't hide smart. That's that's the problem with these character types uh, with the Meredith Grace. They're very intense. They're like the Eliza's and the Candace Cody's. And they're just so sharp and they're so in your face with their strategy and their big ideas. And mm-hmm. they just get targeted very early. OK, so, uh, yeah, I don't buy it. I, I, I think that this one, uh, maybe we just throw out uh, number 20. <laughs> but I mean, not subscribing. But what the game bot system does say about this is if she can be analytical and empathetic and funny, then she can make it top five. So okay. that's what the other Meredith Grays have, uh, have managed to do. So that would be like Sarah Lucina, Katie and Sabrina. Yeah. Are these getting pulled down by Candace Cody getting voted out at the start of Blood versus Water? They're getting pulled down by every Meredith Gray that sucked. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot but, of them. Wait, does that count Candace Cody? Because I feel like that she didn't even get to play in that season. No, she didn't. But I mean, it's her personality that got her, you know, you can't overlook. Why was she chosen? Why did she get targeted? It's consistent. She just got there, right? She was like an alternate for RC and uh, her dad. Well, right? RC would have been kicked out too. <laughs> and RC is Meredith Gray. Yes. All right, then they then they're probably not that good. Yeah. Um, okay, we ready for number nineteen? Okay. Yes. Okay, number nineteen. This was another brutal one to cast. Uh, number nineteen is our. Oh no, you didn't. Who is yes. uh, Ms. Gonzalez? Oh no. This type, I like Gonzalez. I like her too. This type is super feisty. 
So she's not afraid to get in your face. She's willing to make big moves, stab people in the back. She isn't afraid to piss people off. They are aggressive and abrasive. And um, the problem is they often alienate themselves in the group. So I almost made uh, Stephanie the siren for like obvious reasons, but she's Mm -hmm. so headstrong and extremely a type and sirens are way more laid back. So, you know, when probes called her the, the shit talker tomboy. And I just thought I can't, that's not poverty, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think she's going to be really fun to watch. And I think the boys are going to be like a mess around her, like a mm-hmm. hot mess. She's like in a whole other category of beautiful, like the type of beautiful where she doesn't even need to do anything to influence people. She just needs to stand there and that might make her a target for the women. So I think she needs to focus on creating relationships with the same sex players and then she'll, she might be okay. But you think that there's a possibility she could uh, go off on somebody? Yes. Definitely. Well, she says in her bio, I will go off on people. So, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't ignore that. So, <laughs> yeah, um, maybe Chris Noble. Look, I think they're not on the same track. Uh, yeah, I think that's a I think that's a, a no brainer. He dodged a bullet. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, and uh, according to the game bot system, she'll go further if she's more analytical and deceptive. And even if she's more the more abrasive and egotistical she is and the more aggressive she is, the more likely she'll be pulled to the end. Hmm. It's okay. it's kind of counterintuitive, but if you think of like Abby Maria, you know people people dra- yeah. people will drag you along if they think you're not going to get any votes at the end. Okay. All right. So what should I be hoping for? Should I I'm, I should be hoping that she gets in a lot of fights with people so she goes far. Yeah. Wow. Well, look at Natalie Anderson. Like she was the one of, the, of this character type that won, and she did it by just being like balls out, you know, mm-hmm. and just like not not. Not not holding back. So you can you can you can win and and be aggressive. It's almost like the it's almost like the female version of the Heisenberg is the oh no you didn't. Okay. All right. I'll I'll hold out hope. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Because I do really like her. I think I think she's got a lot of potential. All right. All right. Number eighteen. You ready? Eighteen. Yes. That's our true grit. Who's Brendan Shapiro? True grit. And you're down on him, too? You say that I'm down on him like it's my doing. I'm simply following the rules. You invented the system. I know, but I can't make it do my bidding, Rob. It is what it is. I can't suddenly break the rules because I like a guy. Mm Mm-hmm. So I'll tell you why I put him here. And he's got a little asterisk beside him. So all is not lost. So, I mean, the true grit is our, our older male athlete. So often this guy is a retired professional athlete or a firefighter. They're very single purposed and they often struggle with uh, adapting to the game. So this guy is another one of the players that seriously over overlap two character types. He has very strong Mr. Miyagi tendencies. Like he's very fatherly, wise. He's a self-proclaimed nice guy. I think he's inclined to take players under his wing. He says he can, he's got a very good read on people. And I, I, I believe that. But on the other hand, he's also impatient. He's highly disciplined and, and determined. So, I mean, and his hobby of running and chopping wood is in serious need of an Oxford comma. So he's more true grit than Mr. Miyagi for that alone. Yes. OK. Um, but I mean, if, if Brendan's super fan son is listening, like, don't worry. I do think your dad has a great shot of being the best of these two types combined. And I, th- I uh, personally, I think he's making the merge. So I think he's going to be a standout of, uh, of this character type. Yeah. What's the scenario, though, where you see him going out 18th? If he is um, if he's too much of a if he's too much of a leader, if he's too bossy, if he's seen as, you know, often these retired athletes look like retired athletes. 
Mm-hmm. And people don't want, uh, they see them as huge physical threats. Um, in fact, um, the top five players who, who went top five um, in this character type are Tom. Top five, baby. Yeah, Rudy and Terry Dietz. Um, and they were uh, less athletic than all the other ones. And mm-hmm. a little bit more, um, showed a little bit more leadership, but we're also far more empathetic and charming. So if, if you have those people skills and, you, and you're not out there winning every challenge and you know, uh, making it look like you're, uh, that you're like a, a challenge run ready to happen, then, uh, then, then he'll do okay. Okay. These guys just tend to get, uh, targeted early and don't overlook the fact that, uh, the true kids are usually recruits and Brendan isn't. So just by the fact that he knows where he is and what's happening, he'll do a lot better than most of these character, most of the other true grits. Okay. Does that make sense? Uh, yes. You're a little less depressed now. I'm a, little, I'm a little less down, but uh, like uh, I think, look, you got him 18. He's got a, then uh, he's 18. He's 18. Well, so, no, someone's got to go. Don't couch it. Someone's got to go at the beginning. And yeah. sometimes it's our favorites. Yeah. I don't want any hedging, Angie. <laughs> not not going to sugarcoat it. You own it. it. You got him 18. He's 18. He's 18. <laughs> um, okay. We ready for number 17? Yes. All right. I can see your periscope. Who is Angela Perkins? Okay. So this is remind me again. This one. This is I. I never remember what this you is. You never remember this one. It's Cass, and it's also okay. Lauren Rimmer. It's the it's the older, um, highly perceptive woman. She's usually a cop or a firefighter or a lawyer type. And the reason why it's called this is because of a, a, a line in a Woody Allen movie where it says that your subconscious is so close. Are to we the still surface. allowed to use lines from Woody Allen movies? Hey, I'm owning it. I can do whatever I want. Okay. Yeah. No, he says your subconscious is so close to the surface I can see its periscope. And I I love that because of Betsy with Russell. And she she, mm-hmm. she was the she was the one, she was the owner of this. Like usually there's one player that made me first have a vision for the character type and Betsy was the first I can see you per, your periscope that really came through. Like, oh my god, these women get targeted because the men freak out when they realize that they know what's happening and that they're mm-hmm. actually really intelligent and can see through all their BS. So, okay. Um, so their downfall is that they come across too strong. They have trouble connecting with people on a personal level and they're often too bossy and they become a target. So Angela is ex-military and definitely a member of this character type. Um, why is she not GI Jane? I thought GI Jane was the, uh, female military. Um, nope. GI Jane is just a very, very athletic, very tough. GI Jane is like your Stephanie LaGrosa. So someone who's like a challenge beast. Mm -hmm. And, um, Generally, G.I. Jane's a little bit younger, like mid-20s. Yeah. See, I feel like if it was just the Stephanie LaGrosa, then I feel like it would be, I could follow it better. You're trying to rename all my character types? <laughs> I, want, I, want, I, want a, I want a mascot. Okay. Because people love these names. <laughs> well, I'm sure they do. I decided that I, I'm, maybe I'm more of a visual learner. Okay. But expect pitchforks at your door is all I'm saying. Why? Who's who's bringing pitchforks? Because the, they, they don't like the mascots. The people that like the names that are like, why are you trying to f with the system? <laughs> I'm not trying that, that pitchfork people. I'm not trying to f with the system. I'm just saying that it would help me remember if we just gave them like an emoji. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like a symbol. All right, we'll work on that. Okay, we'll work on that. Um. Yeah, poor Angela. Like, like when you said like, oh, it's like the cast. I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. Yeah, well, you're more of a people person, so like you, you, yes. you relate more to to that. So, um, 
yeah, I think I think she's in a tough spot. The fact that she's the oldest one out there and I think she's going to struggle um, to get along with the women and relate to them. I, I don't think she's going to be able to click with anyone. And I do think she's going to be an early boot. I think 17 is pretty accurate for her. Mm. But yeah, like the more light cast she is, the more aggressive she is and the more egotistical she is, the better she'll be. Believe it or I mean, not. I, I guess I um, uh, didn't get the same read on her because I feel like that she doesn't have any of the snark that I feel like somebody like uh, Cass has. Did, did you read that or am I interpreting the character wrong? Um, no, it's just Cass's snark was a bit of an outlier. Cass being mm-hmm. being um, unafraid to, um, you know, blow up Tony's game was more of her was more of that uh, that character type. Lauren making big moves and taking big risks. Um, more than having snark, but not being afraid to just look someone in the face and tell them what they think of them is very much this uh, this character type. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Are we ready for number 16? Yes. Number 16 is our specialist. And this okay. season, the specialist is Chris Noble. Okay. Now, the specialist is literally the Philip, though. The Philip. It's also the coach. Okay. And when I first named these, I flip flopped as to whether to call it the Dragon Slayer or the Specialist. See, the, the, see the, that's what I like. I like where your head is going with that. <laughs> so you can remember. <laughs> and, and who is it? Who is number sixteen? It's Chris. It's Chris Noble. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with Chris. I wanted to punch him in his stupid face because it was so hard to figure out what the hell he was. That's why you wanted to punch him in his stupid face. Well, there was a lot of reasons, but yeah, he he literally didn't fit anywhere. Um, But as I was listening to him talk, I got a real coach vibe off of him. He sounds like coach. He does. He's got the same voice, right? It's it's freaky. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then, and you know, he, he wants to get a hot girl while he's on the Island, you know, like while he's there, he's, he might as well pick one up and his obsession with his Mr. And Mrs. Smith's strategy is hilarious. So in Mm -hmm. my, you know, he's like a charmer in his own mind. So uh, in, in my opinion, that made him, enough of an a little bit of enough of an ego in there that i could classify him as a specialist because uh you know i i thought at first glance maybe he was like a seduce and destroy type but he just wasn't slick enough you know he wasn't Mm -hmm. accomplished enough he just he just seemed to be like really full just really full of it but also kind of entertaining with it so he might be he may end up a fan favorite like if if he pulls if he pulls off the specialist people love People love that. But what if he pulls it off? Like, uh, like what if like we're sitting there and it's like day 39 and he pulled off the Mr. And Mrs. Smith Alliance. Uh, mm-hmm. Are people going to really just like, wow, uh, Chris Noble is the man. <laughs> no, they're going to say Chris Noble is the goat. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, I don't think he's long for this game, but uh, taking the specialist to the end, if you can control him is an excellent strategy. And the more like, the specialist thinks they have the game all wrapped up, the better goats they make. That's the beauty of it. So mm-hmm. they think they're doing it on their own steam. They think they're geniuses and they get to the end with their feathers in their hair and then they give it to, to Jenna instead. Yeah, he really thinks that uh, he's got it all figured out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we say he gives it to uh, Jenna instead. Is that is, is that a shot at me, Angie? No, that's a shot at uh, Matt, Matthew. Okay. All right. Matt with the specialist? Yeah. Wow, who he was, knew? He was one of the original specialists. I didn't even know that. Yeah, well, because he was a little bit, you know, the, the the narrative in his own head didn't necessarily match what the viewers were <laughs> thinking. Let's put it that way. Wow. It, this could have been the Mateo. Yeah, it could wow. have been. 
But then people be like, who? What? Oh, you mean the <laughs> no, specialist? They wouldn't, Angie. Come on. All they remember from that season is you, Rob. No, that's that's not true. <laughs> they remember girls got naked. That's what people they remember. They did. Yeah. They remember <laughs> peanut butter and boobs. That's right. That's quite that's right. a quite a legacy. Yeah. All right. We ready for number 15? Yes. Speaking of boobs, Secretly Smart Bikini Babe is next. Secretly Smart Bikini Babe. And that okay. is Jenna Bowman. Okay. This is our, our 23-year-old. Who's the mascot for this one? Um, so, like, okay, so the best performing Secretly Smart Bikini Babe is Amanda. Okay. So if that helps you understand it a little bit. Okay. It, it's also Heidi. Yes, well, uh, that uh, Heidi was uh, very secretly smart. Very secretly. Such a secret. It was was really on the DL with her. Yeah. Um, So this character type is typically a law or med student who's very pretty and very intelligent. And while Jenna does not perfectly embody the scholarly side of this type, like I I was having trouble figuring out what her scholastic background was. Jenna Bowman. uh, Yeah, sorry. Um, I felt like her aggressive um, and determined nature worked was a good fit for this. But I mean, there was there was a, another character type um, that I almost put her in and it really I was really flip flopping. So um, but being an account executive like that's her job and um, being in that role is all about communication and diplomacy because you're essentially the middleman between the creatives who are headstrong and crazy and the clients who are power mad and illogical. And it's really hard. Um, you have to do sales in there as well. And it's really hard to keep all that balanced out. So I, yeah. th- I thought that was indicative of this kind of intense, more intense character type. Um, okay. But overall, this type does not do well in the game. They never yeah, win. We're kind of down on her. Yeah, they never win and they rarely make the merge. But I almost made her the siren this season. So it will remain to be seen if that's a better fit for her. Okay. And uh, yeah, honestly, like there's so many like super sexy girls this season that are going to cause so much trouble for the boys. It was really hard picking a siren. Cause I'm like, I've got five of them. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I'm very curious to see like if she's, um, if she's super intense, then, then I got this right. And if she's like totally laid back and charming and everyone loves her, then I, 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 I got it wrong. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah. I don't have a good read on anything with Jenna Bowman. No. No, she's a I found that her bio, what she wrote in her bio was in complete contrast to what I what I gleaned from her in her interview with Josh. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that what she what she wants to be and what she actually is are in contrast. And I think that, you know, the suffering from resting bitch face is probably more accurate. So let's see how that goes. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah. All right. Uh, are you ready to talk about number 14 on the list, Angie? I'm so excited to talk about number 14. This yes. is this is our Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. And okay. you love to make Lady Gaga references, too. So I'm, I'm waiting for whether the new one this year. So our Lady Gaga this year is Stephanie Johnson. Okay. So this is our, 30, our 34-year-old yoga instructor from Illinois. Okay. So And could you remind the listeners uh, what the Lady Gaga is? This is this character type is the flaky, new agey, not mainstream, fun party girl. Yeah. So, Lady Gaga's real name is Stephanie. Really? That's pretty not good. Not sure if it's Stephanie Johnson. I doubt that. Wouldn't that be a coup? <laughs> like, it's one surprise! of the most likely last names. Yeah. yeah, it is pretty up there. But if, if you know, um, 
Yeah, so the the mascot for this one, so that everyone understands, would be like the Courtney Merritt. She was Mm -hmm. very much a Lady Gaga. But, I mean, Michelle Fitzgerald is also a Lady Gaga. She's the most successful one. She's the only one to have ever won. So it can be... uh, Other than Stephanie Joanne Angelina Germanata. (laughs) (laughs) The most famous Lady Gaga. That's, yeah. Well, that goes without saying. successful, yes. Very, very successful. Yeah. Yeah. With a good poker face, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so Stephanie's into yoga, wine, crystals, and Reiki. So, you know, she's definitely the Lady Gaga. She's the type to cannonball into the pool. So I think she's uh, I think she's going to bring a lot of fun energy to the game. But like so many Lady, Lady Gagas before her, she might be perceived by others as annoying. She does say that mm-hmm. she's that she can be too loud, but she's in really good shape. She says she's adaptable. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how she does. Um, I do think it's it is likely that she'll finish, uh, you know, in in a place that's similar to 14th. Um, And historically, the Lady Gaga is not typically a good player, but those who've been lucky enough to make it to the end um, did so because they didn't pose a threat to win. Like, I'm looking at you, sugar. So (laughs) being perceptive and diplomatic and not abrasive are some of the traits that Michelle displayed in her winning game. So if uh, if Stephanie can embrace that a little bit. Rather than the the Courtney Merritt aspects, I think she'll do okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I'm concerned about her. I said in the preview with Nicole that I feel like that I think that this is the type which is often looked at for you know one of the first or second boots in their tribe. Yes, they just need to, like give her give me any reason to target someone, and she's gonna like I'm a reason. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can see that happening. Okay. All right. Angie, number 13 on your list. Okay. Number 13 is our Seduce and Destroy. Yes. And that is James Lim. Okay. Seduce and Destroy. Yes. So this is the Yule character type, but it's also the Drew character type, which I Mm. know is confusing. It's it's Earl Cole as well as um, Sash and Albert. There are some types in this system that have some wild swings with them within them. And seduce and destroy is one of the most extreme examples of that. Now, so, as I understand it, this is like the person who comes in and is sort of like the salesman could like sell you anything. Yes, but it's also someone who's just very kind of a, a successful, intelligent professional. So sometimes you get some really arrogant, like complete tools. Sometimes you get genuine nice guys. And other times you get like hyper intellectuals like Reynolds was also a seduce and destroy. And well, that one checks out. Yeah. Yeah. It's their age and their profession that decides it more for me rather than their personalities. So mm-hmm. James is one of those hyper intellectuals. He went to Harvard. Yeah. He interned at the White House. He was a college track athlete. He compares himself to Yule and he's the same character type as Yule. Yeah. Um, it does not take a genius to see that this guy's going to struggle with his people skills. He's, mm-hmm. he's very robotic, very flat. He's quoting the brochure when asked why he wants to do Survivor. He said, it's a challenge like no other that pushes you to places you've never been. So, I mean, Probe says his IQ is so high, it's a squiggle. And James, no offense to your squiggle, but I think you're going to be JP boring and things like that. Oh, no. Yeah, I think it's going to be really dull. I think he's going to be incredibly smart. I think he just looks at a puzzle and it's just going to solve itself. But I think he's going to be like, the, he's going to be purple James. He's going to have no confessionals because he'll 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 say he'll, he won't know how to articulate anything. 
See, I'm higher on him than uh, than that. I don't think that. Look, there's only one JP, Angie. <laughs> well, he's the smart JP. <laughs> smart JP. Yeah. Wow. Blows my mind. Yeah. You think uh, you can't outdo JP? Wow. Okay. Uh, so he's kind of like what? Closing in on a merge boot here. Yeah, pretty much. 13. Pretty much. And uh, yeah, the game bot system says the more analysis and diplomacy he can bring to the table, the better. So if he doesn't, if he's not aggressive, he might stand a chance. And I don't believe he'll be aggressive. I think he'll be, uh, I think people will be searching for a pulse, honestly. But that's more of a TV thing. I mean, what do you think his downfall in the game is? Um, I think he's just going to, I think he's going to think the point is to get to the end. I don't think he's enough of a, of a student of the game to understand how to, um, how you need to play and manipulate and control. Uh, I think that he has uh, studied. I like, I think that he is a guy that didn't really know a lot about survivor and basically like took like, you know, 25 seasons to his head, like Neo in the matrix and is like uh, thinking about things that maybe we haven't even thought about yet. Oh, don't get me wrong. I believe he can recite the boot order of every season he's seen, (laughs) but I don't think he really understand. A lot of this is like, it's, it's nuanced and it's nuanced because of relationships and personalities. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to say to him, you need to, you need to nurture your alliance and make every single person feel important. You need to have multiple right. fi- final four deals and be able to, to jump back and forth and be right. You know, like Kim was like everyone that Kim talked to knew that she had to deal with other people. They just didn't think it was the actual deal. Like, you think James is capable of that type of, of personal manipulation? There's no way. No, uh, probably not playing that game. No, I, would, I, I don't think so. That's not him, I don't think. But that's and Survivor. Yeah. Well, not every single player that wins, though, you know, uses that strategy. That's sort of like the most dominant strategy to, you know, really control things where you have like a couple different alliances. They all think you're working with them. But that's not how every single person wins. In modern Survivor, you need to make personal connections with people in order to mm-hmm. win at the end. Like Jeremy mm-hmm. made personal connections with people. Sure. You know, and I just don't, I think James is going to struggle with that. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. But he wins the Smarty Pants Award. I do. Uh, he's probably the smartest person who's ever played. I don't know. Wow. How f- I don't know how far that gets you. Okay. I mean, it's a low bar. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> number 12 Angie. number 12 is our pony boy and pony this boy. year jake uh, jacob derwin is our pony boy okay so he's our 22 year old music teacher so the pony boy is the young guy who is not like the others he's mm-hmm. in, a, in a he's in a less mainstream job or he has the weird tattoos and he's a likable feeling person so um tradition- weird tattoos jacob um, no, I'm saying the pony boy oh, in general. Oh, could have weird tattoos. Yeah, so like your, your Eric, Eric Rye come back as your typical pony boy. Mm-hmm. But, but, this is a big but. Um, pony boy is another character type that has experienced wide swings between extremes, especially in recent seasons. So I've been saying this for the last few seasons, that gone are the days of Billy Garcia. They are not casting that guy anymore. They are now casting some very intelligent and emotionally intelligent guys in this type. And it's those guys who are going deeper into the game. Mm-hmm. So rise um, of the pony boy. Yeah. I think Vince was the nail in the coffin for, for casting. They're like, you know what? As quirky as we think these people are, they just don't last. And it's just a waste of everybody's time. So let's try something different. And then they, they went with Neil 
very soon after that, who was a, a much more solid player, but still had a little bit of that quirkiness. Like, like he had ice cream on his pants, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a whole, Survivor doesn't seem to be casting wing nuts anymore. And, you know, for my sake anyway, like, hallelujah, it's a new day. I'm very happy to see that. So. Um, so as for Jacob, I mean, he's funny. He likes attention. So I think he's going to have fun being on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a musician. So I see a wand off champion in the making there. Um, I don't think he'll come across as a threat. He seems like a genuine, nice guy who's easy to like. And, uh, and yes, Jacob, if you're listening, you are a very strong contender for a know-it-all, but you're just, you're going to do just fine as a pony boy. So I'm, yeah. uh, I'm liking your chances. So in order to be successful in this type, you need to embrace your inner Klein, be analytical and emotional and succeed. You shall just mm-hmm. like, just like Adam Klein did. He did, uh, he did a very good job. Yeah. Of being the emotional feeling um smart player. Yeah. I uh, now 12th place here for him though. I, I still feel like it's like a weird spot. What do, what do you see? He's picked all, he's like the merge boot? Again, this is just the average for the character type. Yeah. Um do I think that Jacob's going to go that early? No, I actually think he's going to do really well. I think he he shows like as I was saying like he's far more of an Adam Klein type and Adam went as deep as you can go. So I see him making the merge easily. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You're, you're uh, liking, you're liking Jacob. You think he's going to go far? Yeah. I think he's actually a really strong uh, contender. You know, I think he's a little young. It's hard for me to say, you know, have a, you know, look at a, uh, somebody who is, you know, 21, 22 and come in and say, Oh, I think they're going to dominate. But I feel like that he's as close to that as I'm uh, comfortable with saying. Right. I think because so many so many of the other cast members are so young, it kind of levels that playing field a little bit. Like, yeah. he, like he's not going to seem like he lacks life experience to a bunch of people who have no life experience. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I, I think he knows the game really well without being game body about it. And I think that that is uh, he's and he's very, seems very likable and charismatic. Yeah. I mean, I really hope he's he, he's able to like suck back in all that super fandom. Because it can really uh, set you aside. Right. And, and he has those things. And, you know, he doesn't have like the body of like where, you know, a Cochran or a Ryan or somebody like that that's coming into the game that you and, and Ryan actually, you know, proved to be, you know, uh, probably pretty spry in the challenges and Cochran mm-hmm. won four immunities the second time around. Yeah. But you're not looking at Jacob like, oh, well, he's going to hold us back in the challenges. I hope not. I do think that will be his his biggest struggle. Like if it turns out he's he's the weakest link and it's such an athletic cast. But he's like, strong, I think. He is, but he's not big. every. Yeah. But um, I would say 95 percent of the, the challenges are not about being strong. They're about being, you know, having a good hand-eye coordination and and being agile and being a good swimmer or being good at puzzles. But I do think he will be good at puzzles. So mm-hmm. I, think, I think that'll save him. And if it's just right. a, a case of like, grab this thing underwater and drag it with all your right. might, I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll be a liability is what I'm saying. I hope not. I think he might, but I really hope he isn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Jacob, the pony boy. Yeah. Number 12. Yeah. Okay. Number 11. This is the one that's going to have people tweeting me saying I'm crazy. Okay. Our alpha male control freak is Wendell Holland. Alpha male control freak yeah. is Wendell. Okay. He, Wendell gave me so much grief. I swear to God, I had five possible character types for him. And I and that's never happened ever. Okay. Who's and, the mascot of alpha male control freak? Alpha male control freak would be like um, Marty Piambo or okay. um, uh, Brendan 
uh, it's Brendan, right? From uh, Tokachins. Okay. I always want to say Brandon, but it's Brendan. Um, so this is the type this of a, a, like a very successful business guy. Sometimes it's like a, a C, like a CEO or a doctor, um, someone who's had a lot of success in their lives. Um, you know, they're, they're the one who, who owns the NFL team and they're used to giving orders and people taking them and they have a really hard time not being in control. They have okay. a really hard time sitting back and not being the leader and accepting other people's opinions if, he, if they feel like they're, if they know better. Mm-hmm. So it, that can be a real struggle for that type. Okay. So, so what um, do you see from Wendell that makes you feel like that that's him? Because I, that in everything that I heard, he seems like he's a pretty laid back guy. Yeah. Yeah. So this was problematic so for me. Far. <laughs> well, we'll wait and see. I did. I did see evidence in his bio and in his, his interviews. Mostly the problem was all the other, the four other spots that he could have, uh, four other types that he, he could have been were all taken by other people that were more qualified essentially. Mm-hmm. So, um, the, uh, the reason why I put him is because he said that the part of himself he will struggle with the most is the driven is like the driven bossy trash talkers side of him. He does own his own company. He did go to Penn law school after, and, and he was extremely successful in that capacity. He is but, an Eagles fan. Yeah. Well, yeah. Judging, A lot of trash talk there. I think, I, I really think that it's going to be, um, that's going to be difficult for him to uh, to hold that part back. Um, mm-hmm. Also, like clerking for a judge, that is not an easy gig to land. Like you need to be really driven and really competitive and really smart to be able to do that. Like he was almost my like the the one that I wanted to put him in the most was uh, the John McClain, but he's not blue collar. Like he's too privileged and he's too um, educated. It just didn't it didn't fit, hmm. you know. Um, yeah. He says he's unassuming um, with great social skills. Um, he doesn't seem to have a killer instinct. I wanted to make him a Heisenberg, but nope, that didn't fit either. Um, he's not uh, he's not s- super funny, but he does seem very sweet and level hand uh, level headed. Like he's mm-hmm. me- he's measured. He's deliberate. Um, that alone is going to make him um, a better alpha male control freak than a lot of the previous ones. Um, usually alpha male control freaks get taken out early unless they make themselves attractive goats. So while it's counterintuitive, these these guys that if they show strong leadership and are like more abrasive, they have bigger egos. They seem to go further. This is like your Mike Scoopins. Don't say that, Angie. So I'm not putting Wendell anywhere in the same universe as Mike Scoopins. So I'm saying he's he's really going to be an outlier for this type, because, again, like it's it's more of a full scooping. (laughs) I don't even want a half scooping. No. Um. The Venn diagram of all these, like they more and more, they're starting to layer on top of each other and the players are getting more and more complex. And Wendell is a perfect example of that. Like they're like, as I said, there's like five character types that he has very strong tendencies in. So it's, it's, it's almost becoming like a Myers-Briggs where you're just like, Oh no, I'm not going there. I'm just saying that it's, it's very, it, it used to be very cookie cutter and um, it's, it's almost like they're just, Maybe you need like a 23 in me where you have the 23 archetypes. And it's like, oh, I just found out that I'm 50% alpha male control freak, 25% Heisenberg and 25% true grit. And that means I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I need to try and keep this manageable. Right. Because I, I don't even know how I would go about doing a system like that. That would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Moving on. Are we ready for number 10? 
Number 10, yes. All right. Number 10 is our siren. And this season, I have our siren. Our siren is Libby. Libby. Yes. Libby the siren. So sirens are your very charming, very attractive athletic girls. So this is like your your poverty is the perfect siren example. But it's also Natalie White and Chelsea Meisner, Natalie Bolton. Kelly Wentworth is a siren. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I find Libby and Jenna are pretty much interchangeable. Like, I think they're both smart. I think they're both flirty. And I was flip-flopping as to who was which for the this and the secretly smart bikini babe. But ultimately, I decided to make Libby the siren. Um, one, because the Southern girls are usually in this type. And two, I mean, it was just my gut told me that Libby would go further than Jenna. So I don't mind if I'm wrong. I like them both. Yeah. Um, well, I think that Jenna is more of an executive than Libby is. Yes. And that's why I thought that it just had a little bit more, um, command presence, shall we say that I thought fit the secretly smart bikini babe rather than the siren. She seems Libby seems very charming and all about the hair flip and and that sort of thing. But I think there's a there's a side to her that is also very um, serious and very um, success driven. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she's a she's a Christian Republican who believes in family. And I thought it was funny. She said she'll play like Jenny, Jenna Maraska and Kim Spradlin. And to me, that's like saying you're going to play like Cochran and Fabio, but whatever. (laughs) Um, she did say she's going to flirt to the end if she has to. And that's ultimately why I made her the uh, the siren. And I do believe that she is very charming. And uh, and I think her personality is quite magnetic. You can hear it in, th- in the interview. I mm-hmm. think she'll be a very solid player. Okay. That's Libby at number 10, mm-hmm. the siren. Yeah. Um, okay. Number nine. We're getting up there. Okay. Uh, that's our little red riding hood, Chelsea Townsend. Okay. Chelsea Townsend, Little Red Riding Hood. Refresh our memory about the Little Red Riding Hood. Well, the Little Red Riding Hood is the very young, very pretty girl who can be tough, but is rarely strategic. So the successful versions of this are your Jenna Maraska and your Amber. Okay. So um, essentially what happens is in order to be successful as as a Little Red Riding Hood, you need to be a minion. Meaning, do whatever people tell you, hitch yourself to a strong player, do whatever they say, but be sure to be athletic enough that you're not seen as a weak, weak link and someone will carry you right to the end. And then once you're there, you do a nice little switcheroo and get all the votes from them because they've made themselves an enemy to everybody. Mm-hmm. So that's how you do it. So um, the reason why I, I, I picked Chelsea's Little Red Riding Hood is, you know, she seems like a very nice, straightforward kind of girl. She's very fit which is great. Um, but when I was listening to her interview with Wiggler, I kept drifting off. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just wasn't paying attention. It was all fine. She didn't say anything. I, I don't know. I just, I just found myself getting really bored. And she uh, ultimately, she reminded me of Nat 10, like a lot. Yeah. But so Natalie Tanner really went to the finals. She did, but she didn't win. So sorry, Chelsea, but all I see is potential for you. That's yeah. the problem. So do you feel like is that sort of a necessary criteria to be able to listen to uh, like a winner do an interview and they have to keep your interest? Like, do you feel like is that something that you uh, like? Does that make sense? This is a social game. If she's sitting around the campfire and everything she's doing is just like so bland, everyone's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but ultimately she's not anyone's favorite person. Right. That's the problem. She's just not captivating. And she's so sweet. Like I said, it's not like I was irritated. It's not like I disliked her. I yeah. just thought she's very nice. 
But, but then I can I f- play you an, an interview with uh, Natalie White and, uh, you know, you'll be asleep before uh, we get to the social media segment. She had an energy about her in her Who season. Did? Natalie White. Yeah. I know you're not high on Natalie, but she was she was running around making connections. Well, I'm just bu- telling you, I've interviewed her and uh, like it's, uh, you know, maybe she heard you don't like her. I, I, I like her fine. I uh-huh. Who do I like from that season? Why does everybody say I don't like them from that season? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. But, you know, listen to Penner. He's captivating. But uh, like he's never sniffed the finals. No. No, no, that's that's an example of someone that's going to make himself a target by being too Rob, smart. You shut your damn <laughs> dirty mouth. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Ah, poor Penner. No, he's doing great, Penner. Yeah, I no, mean, if poor Penner. Well, he's never won. I think that probably smarts, and that mm-hmm. we, you know, in the in the quiet of the night. night. I think he sleeps at night. It's mm. fine. Yeah. All right. Are we ready for number eight? Yeah. Uh, do you think Chelsea will go this far? No. No, me neither. All right, number eight. Speaking of Chelsea's, number eight is our Chelsea Handler. Chelsea Handler. Yeah, and this one you named, so you don't need a mascot for this one. Mm-hmm. So this year, uh, our Chelsea Handler is Kellen. No, well, here's where I'm confused. Because mm-hmm. in my mind, I feel like that the Chelsea Handler is like the Courtney Yates, but you say that the, oh, no, you didn't. It's like the Courtney Yates. The Chelsea Handler is, um, she's, she's funny, she's likable, as well as snarky. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the, oh, no, you didn't is like more screaming in your face, like um, mm-hmm. causing fights with people and not not valuing friendships like Courtney Yates, like had a very close connection with Sandra, for example, right. like, and so which with, is and Courtney? With Todd. Courtney is Chelsea Handler. She is. She is. So the, the one that's having the confessional that is just hilarious where she's really being super critical of other players. That's usually the Chelsea Handler. She's very often a narrator um, of the season. Okay. So is the, so is the know-it-all They're the, the two most likely to be telling the story as, as we go along, she can be okay. of any profession. All right, so, and who is the Chelsea Handler? It's Kellen. Kellen. So you can usually tell there's at least one girl every season who's all personality, and that's why she's on the show. Mm-hmm. And that's usually, like, just from the photos alone, I said, I bet that's her. And it was. It's like the Hannah Shapiro. It's the Aubrey. Mm-hmm. You know, why are they there? Because they're smart, and they're funny, and they're, they're analytical, and they're just fun to be around. Mm-hmm. So Kellen likes yoga, meditation and gambling, which makes me wonder if the first two are her way of dealing with the last one. But uh, she's really funny. I like that she was starstruck by Dr. Joe. Um, yeah. Empathy is her superpower, according to her, which is something we have not seen before from a Chelsea Handler. So I'm, I'm very excited to see how her uh, how her game is going to play out. Mm-hmm. She she says she wants to emulate. Way, empathy is the worst superpower there is. I mean, how many comic book movies have to come out? Before we get to empathy woman. Being able to tell when people are lying is empathy. Being able Mm. to tell what people are feeling. No, seriously, that is the definition of of empathy is is when you can feel what's really going on, despite what someone's telling you. Angie, I watched seven seasons of Star Trek The Next Generation (laughs) and Counselor Troy is useless. (laughs) And she was an empath. And the best she could ever do is like, uh, 
Captain, I, I sense uh, deception. Uh, that's that's it. It was never useful. There was never any actionable information that Picard ever got from Troy that was like, all right, that's it. Uh, you know, abort the mission. Let's get out of here. Counselor Troy is a poser. There's no way the, the good half was Betazoid. There's no way she didn't. Yeah, she was still she was state the obvious girl. She sucked. OK, well, that's a, that's, you know, you're having your superpower is empathy. Mm hmm. Well, I no, I think she's like I'm reading body language and pretending I'm empathic when really I can't. I have no idea what this person's thinking. So I'm going to just state what everyone else has already concluded, because then they'll agree with me. No, she was terrible. It was terrible. But no, I think a true I think someone who is truly empathetic, not only can you connect to people by, you know, when when you're empathetic to someone, when when you're when you're speaking to that person, you feel like they're listening. And when you're when you're explaining a struggle and they're able to feel the pain along with you, they're connecting with you on that level and yeah. saying, oh, my God, that must have been so hard. People find that arresting. You know, it's very um, it's very uncommon and it makes you feel like you really open up to that person. And mm -hmm. I think you'll find everyone's going to be running to her and she's going to have the goods on everyone that she's going to be the one that, that everyone confides in. Yeah, I have uh, I have high hopes for her. Okay, maybe Stan Lee, that, uh, if it's still possible, maybe he can, you know, he's done 10,000 comic books, never did the uh, superpower is empathy. Maybe after Kellen gets to eighth place, like in your rankings, maybe he'll think about it. Well, what a claim to fame that'll be when she's like, you know, Stan Lee wrote a new comic book character after watching me play Survivor. <laughs> he didn't believe it was a superpower, but I showed him. <laughs> huh. Yeah, no, yeah. I really, I really like Helen, and I really I like her, her chances. I, I am scared. I'm, I'm scared she's not going to be athletic enough to save herself when she needs to. Honestly, I think that's really going to be her only drawback. I, I, I have the same analysis. I feel yeah. like that um, if she can, you know, make it through the first couple of votes, if she's not on like the, you know, uh, total disaster tribe where they go to like three out of four tribal councils. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, if she can just avoid early disaster, I think she'll make a deep run. Yeah, for sure. And the successful Chelsea handlers uh, tend to be very funny. They're not abrasive at all. And they show a little bit more emotion than the ones that were not so successful. And I feel like Helen seems to be really set up in that in that area. I, I have really, a really good feeling about her chances. OK. All right. That's Callan. Yeah. So number seven is our John McClane. This may be another one where people start tweeting me saying I'm crazy, but I gave this to Michael. OK. So the... <laughs> No, doesn't the uh, John McClane have to be old? No, not necessarily. Isn't it? Isn't it the person that's most like uh, the Republican senator from Arizona who is the uh, POW uh, war hero? Um, I don't know what that means, but no, it's Boston Rob. Oh, it's the blue collar guy. Okay. That's that's the everyday regular Joe. That's just he flies beneath the radar because he doesn't. He's not trying to win every challenge. He's not trying to, you know, lead the day building the shelter. He's not telling all the girls they're stupid. They're just hanging out, wishing for birthday cake. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's not aggressive. The, the, the typical John McClane is not aggressive, but he is intense. He's funny. He's very social, pretty athletic. Mm -hmm. So Jer Jeremy Collins, uh, Malcolm Freeberg, Chris, and even Colby Donaldson are all versions of this. So. Okay. Michael was not what I was expecting at all. Um, yes. He was way too nice and on the level to be the Heisenberg. That's what I thought maybe he was. 
He was way too humble and down to earth to be the seduce and destroy, which is the other thing I thought he was. Um, I was assuming he was going to be like Drew or Albert, but he just, he so he sounds so reasonable. And I really did get a Jeremy vibe off of him. So I think that's what he is. And I think he's going to do great. And honestly, the only thing holding this guy back is his lack of life, life experience. But yeah, do you know what I think I'm imagining after we see him play? Um, I think we're going to wish that he waited four more years before playing. I think that's what's going to happen. That it's just going to be like, man, he had so much potential and now he's blown it because he's already done his first. Mm, yeah, but he's already uh, had his first shot at it. Here's my prediction. In four years, he's not taking survivors phone calls. Um, maybe because he's too successful. He's got a life. Yeah, I just think that this, you know, uh, this kid is going to be like, uh, you know, on the uh, tail of a comet and just like, uh, you know, who knows what, you know, he's going to go on to do. But, you know, he's a model. He's 18. He's like, uh, seems like he's not a total moron. Uh, great looking guy. He's in Los Angeles. Like, uh, you know, being who successful, knows? being successful at real estate in Los Angeles, which means he's loaded too. like at 18, like Jesus. Like, right, right. Crazy. I, I doubt he's doing real estate in four years either. No, probably not. Yeah, not with not with those looks. No. Yeah. So he that he, he's going to have a, uh, you know, an amazing life. You know, a survivor will be whatever for him. And then, you know, he'll move on. But I don't think survivors getting 23 year old Michael. So he's the new Colleen is what you're saying. I don't think I don't know if he's the new Colleen. I, I get it. I don't even know if what, he, you know, his, you know, claim to fame ends up being survivor. I actually doubt it. But you know, he'll go on and do whatever. So you think he's going to be like a movie star or something? I don't know if he's going to be a movie star, but I bet he goes on and has like, uh, you know, uh, you know, one hell of the next 10 years. Yeah. No, you're probably right. I got a really good vibe off of him. Yeah. I just think that he has a lot of star power. I mean, the guy is 18 and people are like falling all over themselves for uh, this guy who's 18. I mean, what's what's his life going to be like at 24? It's going to be crazy. Is he still going to be lying about his age? Because he's like, well, now everyone thinks <laughs> yeah. I'm like 29. So I got to keep it going. Mm-hmm. When does yeah. it end? I think at, at 39. <laughs> it's just going to be 39 for four years. Yeah, I think that's the move. <laughs> yeah. I'm in year one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Number six. We're getting okay. up there. Number six is our Aaron Brockovich, who is Morgan Ricky. Okay. So remind me of the Aaron Brockovich. This is your Kim Spradlin. Okay. So if it was called the Kim Spradlin, I mean, uh, now that's something. Um, I'm okay with the Kim mascot. I can mm-hmm. endorse that. Yeah. Now Nicole and I were talking about this last night, where uh, Jeff called her a Kim Spradlin. Somebody mm-hmm. else told Josh that she's like a Kim Spradlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it's because she wears a side ponytail. No. <laughs> yeah. no yeah that's very superficial of you rob that, uh, that i think that that's where uh people are getting it from uh i don't i don't i think that's that's you know that's that's a cute story okay. but well, tell, think... you tell me what did you hear or see from her that you said okay this is kim okay because i don't kim... just throw around kim's name willy-nilly i no. have some respect for the kim lisi um believe me so do i so do i and i and i think she's one in a million and i don't think morgan is gonna hold a candle to to kim but um i really liked her vibe and i think she what struck me about her is she's so comfortable in her own skin like she's really charming and easygoing and she's got that athleticism 
and just a natural, like she didn't seem at all nervous, you know, and that's what Kim is. Kim is just so confident and easygoing and you just want to be her friend. Mm. You just want to stand beside her and say, I'm just chilling with Kim. And I think Morgan's got that same vibe. So, I mean, I was very tempted to make her the GI Jane because, Mm. you know, looking back in her, in her history, you know, she was a national gymnast um, when she was a kid. That is serious business. Like gymnastics is, is considered one of the hardest sports in the Olympics. And for girls, it starts so young. I don't think people realize this. Like by the time she's eight years old, I'm sure she was training 20 hours a week. So her body's natural state after years of doing that from childhood is one of like total fitness and athleticism, let alone all the diving and everything else she's done since. So um, I think she's going to be a real competition beast, but so is Kim. So, you know, that that, you know, uh, Tasha is also uh, an Aaron Brockovich. So that is a that is a something that is consistent with that type as well. So being a killer whale trainer is not an everyday job, which the Aaron Brockovich is supposed to have. Um, And I do feel like her education is also not particularly run of the mill, but I do believe that this type is the best fit for her. Mm -hmm. So um, as long as she um, knows what's going on, that as long as she can be highly analytical and and very diplomatic, like uh, some of the character, uh, some of the Aaron Brockovich's that don't go as far are not as uh, aware of the way that the the, the game is going and what people are um, wanting from from them. So like taken with Morgan. Oh, I do love Morgan. Yeah, I, was, my- I was super like, eh. Really? Yeah, I didn't get, really get anything from her. No, no. Morgan's going to win the whole thing. She's my winner pick. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll see. We'll see. I think she'll be hard pressed to be best survivor Morgan. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. That You take that back, mister. Yeah, let's see. Let's see. Uh, Morgan McIcloud, I think, is still uh, number one right now. Wow. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Rough. All right. Number she'll five. Be, she I'm, can swim. I think she can swim. Yeah, she can swim. She's a diver for crying out loud. Of course she can swim. She can and she can balance on it. I'm telling you, she's going to be doing like back handsprings and you're going to be like, Good. oh, I, sh- I should have picked her. I'll be look. I mean, back hand like uh, the, the handstands, uh, you know, I could give or take. But look, if she's going to be good, I'll be excited. I didn't say handstand. I said a handspring. You know those fl- whatever. The uh, flips. She's yeah. a ninja. You, she, well, they well, basically what do I care if somebody does a flip. What am I like a big woo stan over here? That uh, like, oh my god. Because you know those things where you have to like dive in between ropes and jump all over obstacles and stuff like that. She's gonna leave leave everyone else in the dust. <laughs> Gosh, the writing's on the wall. Okay. All right. All right. Number five. You ready? Well, why is she number five? No, no, no. She's she was six. number six. She's we're, six. We're, we're, I'm, I'm moving on because I, I I don't like your attitude about Morgan. <laughs> Angie, if she's your winner pick, she should be number one on this list. Well, keep in mind, I say this every season that the the win rate is not the same as the placement yes. rate. Right now, what we're doing is who's most likely to finish top five. Yeah. Who's most likely to win is a different ratio. And yeah. she's at the I, I top. I don't mind if you stray from the system. I would. I, I like. I want to hear your your top twenty. I'm not straying from the system. Mm-hmm. She's she's got the, the the highest likelihood to win of the system. Okay, but because Aaron Brockovich's often get taken out early because they're so good. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Okay, all right. See, now we're jumping around. Wait, now I'm really confused. So she has the highest likelihood to win in the system, but she's six. Yes. How is that? Because there's a difference between winning 
and placing high. Okay. So for example, the know-it-all place is very high, but a lot of the time they, they place high because they're the zero vote goat. Yeah. So we should, so we should do this from one to 20 in order that they're going to win. Um, uh, it's less effective because not all the character types have won. So there'll be a whole bunch of people that were tied for last and it would yeah. be really, well, then they really should lame. go by how they'll place. But what I do at the end is I'll tell you the top five most likely to win of, of the, the people that I've mentioned. And I think you'll find that they're all in the top six anyway. So it's really not, there's no big like, Oh, that's completely different. How did it, you know, it's all ruined right. the whole thing for me. Okay, and in top fifth five. position, top five, baby, here we are. So at number five, we have our good old boy. And this season, Donathan is our good old boy. Good old boy, yeah, Donathan. Yeah, so I know a lot of people are going to be like, what? I thought he'd be the social butterfly for sure. So I'm going to explain why he's the good old boy instead. Yes. So good old boys have very deep Southern roots. They're often ranchers, farmers, outdoorsy guys. They have really thick accents and they're super social, funny, they're loyal, and they're really easy to get along with. So Donathan perfectly straddles two character types. So social butterfly and good old boy He even refers to himself as a social butterfly. But his Eastern Kentucky background simply cannot be so easily dismissed. Like it's really hardcore. So. Uh, good old boys often have that kind of fish out of water quality to them. And, you know, like Big Tom did. And I think this is going to be um, both endearing and problematic for Donathan. And that really kind of set him apart for me. Like, I think he's he's far more like uh, that kid who's never left, you know, eastern Kentucky than he is um, the Colton Gumby of of Survivor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, I think he'll have a toughness that people aren't expecting. Um, because that's that's hardcore growing up in that in that area of uh, of America, and I think he'll have a social quality that'll really help him fly under the radar. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know for this character type too. The more charming and funny you are, the further he'll go, and I think he's got that in the bag. So I'm really liking his chances. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think that Donathan is going to go uh, pretty far. I, I don't think that people are going to target him, and he has a really good energy about him. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm mm-hmm. on board with the system here. Yep. No, that's a good pick for her for that high up, I think, for sure. Yeah, I'm in agreement. OK. All right. Number so, four. Number four is our G.I. Jane, who I've made Desiree. OK. So this is a bit of a, of a surprise. G.I. Jane has it's been doing better. To me too. Yeah. G.I. Jane's been doing better and better and better season after season. She's been climbing the final placement ranks with every single season. So this is like. Ashley last season, Sydney did really well. Sierra, Don, Baylor, they're all finishing top five. Yes. And they've been very strong final placements. What is Desiree some uh, type of athlete? Yeah, she played basketball through high school. Oh, okay. High school? Yeah. Athlete. Yes. Okay. Um, mostly, again, it's more per- for G.I. Jane, it's often personality as well. Like she is very, very tough. I wouldn't say she's the most athletic out of all the girls. And this is one of the ones I really debated. Um, but she's super tough. She's highly competitive and she's like a, a young athletic woman. And that's what, what makes up the, the GI Jane. Like so many of the women this season are incredibly fit. This was really, really tough, but she compared herself to Michaela in her personality as well as her athleticism. And a lot of the time I let the, I let the players direct me as to where they should be. Cause like they know themselves better than anyone. So if she, if she feels like that's who resonates with her, mm-hmm. then I think that, she, that she's a, a good fit for that character type she also seems a little bit critical and highly competitive 
So um, that's very fitting of this of this character type as well. Often, um, often this type is, is the type to get really mad at the rest of the tribe when they lose a challenge. Um, and, you know, she listed debating as one of her hobbies. And I can see that as something that's, you know, an asset or a liability, but also in alignment with this character type. Like you need mm-hmm. to know when when not to argue your point and when to listen and when to just let it go. And I think she might struggle with that a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the game bot system says if you, don't be a leader if you want to go far. So as long as she doesn't put herself out there as trying to, like, boss everyone around, um, as long as uh, she's analytical and empathetic and she's able to lie, um, she can uh, she can go pretty far. Okay. Um, but what's interesting about um, the GI Janes that have been successful in the past, um, the ones that have gone the furthest have been the least athletic out of all of them. So the problem is, if you start winning challenges and standing on the pole for 15 hours straight, you're the next one to go. So it's like Baylor wasn't a challenge beast. I mean, as long as she wasn't using her feet. So um, Baylor was G.I. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. She was uh, because of her cheer background. Again, it's like anything that's gymnastics based. I tend to be a little bit biased towards because yeah. I understand how much work that might be that. that- I don't know. That might be uh, an issue with this. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how Baylor is the same as Stephanie Lagrosa. Uh, yeah. Well, the problem too is anytime there's a blood versus water um, gets screwy. Uh, season, it gets so screwy because then you're really like they're just shoving people in there because they're related to someone they wanted. So it really screws up my system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm no more of those. It's okay with me. Okay. So uh, the overall, uh, this character type is. Uh, Yeah. Yo, go Baylor. Yeah. I also motioned that it'd be called G.I. Jane Bright. <laughs> um, Jane is, you mean Jane from, uh, from Nicaragua? What are we talking about? Yeah. Okay. She is way too old to be G.I. Jane. <laughs> She's that, a tuffle broad. You said, is you that... said that you didn't, you didn't know what the tuffle broads were. That's a perfect example of a tuffle broad. Okay. <laughs> I'm really upset that the, like the, there aren't enough older women in playing in this season. Like, it's really like some of my, my favorite character types are not even here. It's like, oh, okay, we'll just skip them, I guess. You're mad? Yeah. Why? Who do you want to be here that's not here? A mommy dearest or a tough old broad? Like, either one would be fine. Like, someone over 42, please. Hello? Or mm-hmm. even, like, more than one that's 42. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> All right. We ready for number three? Yes. Okay. Uh, number three is our Heisenberg. Heisenberg. And, yeah, we love the Heisenberg. And Heisenberg this season uh, is Dominic. Dominic. Oh, I think yeah. it's Bradley. Okay. Uh, nope. Heisenberg. Okay. So this is your older guy who's super intense, cutthroat, willing to do anything. Um, Dominic says he'll do whatever it takes to win, and he's a lot like Tony. So uh, I think that that's very uh, pretty cut and dry. But I feel like he also comes with a splash of Penner as well. Like, um, I don't mean to sound so surprised, but I was, I was really struck at, uh, Dominic's eloquence. Like he's, he's extremely well-spoken mm-hmm. for, for construction supervisor. Again, I don't want to sound judgmental of, of people that uh, do construction for a living, but he's, uh, his ability to articulate, um, uh, both in his bio and in his spoken word was very, uh, was very compelling to me. So uh, he seems like far less of a spaz than Tony, honestly. So I think, how uh, dare you, Andrew? <laughs> 
um, because he's so much more controlled and measured and articulate. Um, I think if other players, I think the other players just need to kind of talk to him and then they won't necessarily be targeting him as like the Tony Boston Rob type, because I think he's, uh, I think he's, he's got very good communication skills and I think he's very likable. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, I think he's got a really good shot at at winning the whole thing. Yeah. Well, he's really got to manage the Tony Boston Rob comparisons because that could be an issue. He does. Cause at first glance, he really does look like that. And, uh, uh, but he doesn't seem like, I know he says that he can, you know, he can certainly just have a couple of hours sleep every night and he'd be up all night strategizing. He doesn't give off that feeling that that's what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the key. Like Tony was just constantly like, just his eyes were just dancing all the time. Like you, you, you couldn't, you couldn't keep that guy still. Yeah. And I, and I feel like Dominic is far more, um, measured. Sensible. Yeah, far more sensible than yes. that. Okay, well, that's so. a good thing. That's a good thing because I think if people get a whiff of the Tony stuff from him, he's going to have trouble. Yeah, he is going to have trouble. And at the fact that he's older, like geez, 38, is like one of the oldest people playing this season, um, that's going to be a problem as well because, uh, you know, uh, the players automatically gravitate towards the, the players that are most like them. So, like, all the parents, all three of them are probably going to all bond together and then they're going to get picked off. That's my fear. Hmm. Okay. So, um, okay. All right. Number two. Number two is our beloved surfer dude, who is Sebastian Noel. Okay. So I want to say Nancy Greenshields sends me her picks for her character types every single season to see how accurate she is just before I do my podcast. And she said that the sorting hat barely touched Sebastian's head. And I thought that was hilarious because I felt exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. So I, I cast him from his photo alone. I didn't even need to open up his bio to say that's my surfer dude. So um, the surfer dude tends to be very athletic. They tend to be super social, very charming. Uh, really easygoing, really, really likable. Um, and uh, he's definitely that type. And it's it's clear that he'll have a hard time not flirting with the ladies, but I don't think it's really going to hurt him at mm-hmm. all. Um, and he seems to be um, a better social player than Ozzy. I know that's the easiest comparison to make, but yeah. I don't I don't think he's nearly as uh, obstinate. So yeah. I think he's going to I think he's going to do really he well. He seems super friendly. I, I think yeah. that he will go far. Uh, my you know, ultimate concern for him is that once you get down to individual immunity, I don't know how you keep him around. Well, I mean, he's also he's kind of little, isn't he? Like, I, I don't know. I, I said to Nicole, I don't I can't tell if he's five, two or six, two based on his uh, interviews. Yeah, I think he's little. And I think if as long as he's um, if he if he Tyson's it a little bit and he like. He's like, well, I'm great at fishing, but I suck at challenges. They're going to keep them for sure. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know if they're going to buy that. You don't think so? I, I can only do spear fishing in the water. I'm very bad at anything else. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see how he be, how he behaves in the, in the challenges. But there are so many like they are. They're like crazy. I got an athletic scholarship to Yale type people playing this season. I think even if he was super athletic you really seem like you have something against people that went to Yale I mean I get it I work with Steven (laughs) um I don't I just I I just understand um what what's important to the game and what isn't and uh do you have a Harvard bias a little bit yeah anything Ivy League yeah a little bit um it's it's interesting because Sean Falconer was pointing out just uh before I did this that um 
while being highly analytical is one of the most common characteristics of all the past winners, Stephen Fishback is coded as being the most analytical player of all time, and he couldn't win to save his life. Mm -hmm. So these kind of... um, Wait, so what does that mean? It means that Harvard hurts you, is what I'm saying. The smarter you are, you need to be... it's, It's everything in moderation. So if you're if you're an if you're extremely intelligent but you lack people skills, you're not going to win. Yeah. If you have great people skills but you don't know how to play the game, you're not going to win. Right. So I don't know how well Sebastian knows Survivor. You're too busy so that, correcting everybody's grammar on Twitter. <laughs> exactly. That's not yeah, very endearing. Unrelatable. <laughs> Everyone starts calling you Shakespeare, and it's all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, everybody, yeah. want to hear a poem? <laughs> okay. I personally love that, but I was like, what are you doing? Stop it. Okay. Oh my God. All right. Okay. And number one, because the older women are not playing, the most likely to finish the highest in the ranks is the know it all. Now, how did we just finish this, uh, what we're talking about right now? And then you have the know it all number one. Because it's placement order, mm. because they love to take Spencer to the end and not give him the money. Mm-hmm. That's why. Okay. You get it's the close but no cigar guys yeah. every time. Or what do you think of Bradley? That uh Nicole was really down on Bradley the other night. Well, Nicole's crazy. He's awesome. Yeah. So um so typically the know-it-all is the smarty pants super fan. And again, he's often one of the narrators of the show and is usually really funny and very uh strategic. Um I think Bradley was very likable and I thought he was very down to earth and he seemed um you know the type of guy that you'd want to sit and have a coffee with like i really i really think that he's going to be able to uh i think one of his biggest challenges will be kind of to upset what his um physical appearance is telling people like mm-hmm. you know speaking of being named shakespeare like someone's going to start calling him princeton on day one and it's going to be really hard for him to kind of shake that impression of him um and I think that that's going to I think it's going to be hard for him not to be targeted for that. Mm-hmm. But um, for the most part, like he seemed funny. He seemed easy to get along with. Um, I, I worry because he's he's a little bit intolerant of stupidity and mm-hmm. he has he has that impatience of that intellectuals often have. Like it's frustrating when people are not keeping up with your brain and it's it's hard not to you know, sigh audibly and just be like, I'm I'm waiting for you to understand what I'm saying. And I can't wait much longer. You know, <laughs> I think there's going to be a lot of that coming through and it's, it's hard to maintain, um, you know, patience with people over 39 days of, of no food and, and no sleep. But mm-hmm. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's in good shape. You got to deal with a lot of stupidity on survivor. There is a lot of stupidity. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah. But uh yeah, I mean the successful know-it-alls are highly analytical and perceptive and they're very willing to to deceive. Um but you need to be way more than a game bot traditionally and mm-hmm. you need to show show diplomacy, you need to be empathetic, you need to be charming and show leadership. Um but uh, most people don't let the the know-it-alls anywhere near the finals unless they just, they're seen as naive and weak. And then they just then they're then they're like Ryan and Spencer unfortunately and they get taken to the end. Yeah. Cuz that cuz that's that's prime potential right there. Yes. So, okay. but you know, before we start popping Bradley's champagne, 
Um, let's quickly, I do want to go back to that point. I was saying that placement rate and win rate are, are, are two different things. So in other words, it's more likely that Bradley will be a zero vote goat than it will be that he'll win. Okay. Well, I want to talk and about the winners. I want to talk about the people that will potentially, uh, win the game. Okay. So the character types that are more likely to win are often targeted a little bit earlier and, and they often get taken out just before the final five. So from a win perspective, the five most likely to win are in the following order. And this is based on the number of times they've won. Is this from five to one or one to five? One to five. Okay. Um, do you want me to do it five to one? Is that more yeah, exciting? Like that's what, you know, give it some okay. juice. Yeah. So uh, this is based on uh, the number of times they've played versus the number of times they've won. So while um, some character types have won four times and others have only won three times, if they've played more often, it kind of dulls down that that win rate. It waters it out. Mm-hmm. So a number five uh, most likely to win is Bradley, the know-it-all. Okay. So he does ha- he does have a good shot at the money. He he just needs to uh, to get into that finals and uh, and have some resume there and not have been a game bot that pissed everybody off. Yeah. Uh, number four, most likely to win is our Heisenberg, who's Dominic. Okay. So we've already talked about his winner chances. I think he's looking really good. Number three, most likely to win is Sebastian, the surfer dude. Okay. So again, I'm not sure if he knows enough game to get himself there. I don't think he knows because this is a fast paced game now. Like it is not fooling around. And if, and if he's not up on all of his strategy, unless he's got a ride or die, that is like, if he if he picks someone like Laurel as his ride or die, I think he might she might be able to to fish back him to the end, but we'll see. Okay. Um, second what most likely fish to back win him to the end. What do, what does that mm-hmm. mean? I mean, uh, Stephen provided JT with some really um, sage advice and some stability and foundation, and didn't let him do something stupid like give Russell a uh, an, an idol, and and it really helped um, get them both into the final two. Yeah. So um, ultimately, Sebastian's at the final two with someone like a fishback and he's, you know, fishback still ends up with no votes and Sebastian gets the money because he's so adorable. So JT That's worked good. with Steven and then Steven was, gave him like a lot of good advice on stuff. I think so. I get the impression that sometimes I've had discussions with this with some of the Toronto patrons. I feel like often it's two people together that make the perfect survivor player. And once you separate those two people individually, they're useless. Like Tony was so good, I think in part because of Trish and her influence and her ability to fix all the relationships behind him. I think JT was good because Steven was so um, grounding for him because he's very impulsive and he goes off on these crazy ideas without Steven saying, wait, let's think it through. Similarly, JT was so likable. He dragged Steven with him and, and really helped um, shore up his um, his people skills. Uh. And I think th- I think there are a number of duels like that. That is just like together they are um, the perfect survivor player and apart they're terrible. In fact, I would really love to see a survivor season that has these uh, these dynamic duos playing against each other. Meaning it's JT and Steven versus Tony and Trish. I think that would be amazing. Survivor the Amazing Race. (laughs) Yeah, why not? Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Who's number two most likely to win? That's our good old boy, Donathan. Okay. Ben did what did Donathan. wonders for this and for the, for this character type. It really put it over the top. So uh, that's a very solid co- character type for winning. Okay. And and number one most likely is my girl Morgan. And, Morgan most likely yep. to win. Aaron uh, Brockovich. Why? Who's the other Aaron yep. Brockovich winner? Um, you've got Vesepia, you've got Danny Boatwright, and you've got Kim Spradlin. Okay. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Morgan's my girl. <laughs> wow. 
You love Morgan so much. I do. I do love Morgan. She's yeah, just I'll like, go back. Like, I'll watch her video. But I, uh, um, it was uh, honestly, it was her talking to Josh that she just won me over. She seemed like very. Maybe just... I, I listened at one and a half speed. Maybe I'll go back and listen on one X. Maybe. You think she was too slow? No, I just I, I'm busy. Yeah, but you, you think if she sped up like a chipmunk, you think you're going to get an accurate read on that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's the, that it doesn't come across on 1.5. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. <laughs> maybe we're just looking for different things. Maybe people should go back and listen to this podcast on 1X. Yeah, it's true. And well, I do find people like to listen to it after um, after the season's done. Oh, I didn't and, uh, know that was the thing. Okay, well, some people, they, they tweet and then they say, wow, you really nailed it with this. Or, oh, wow, you're really out to lunch on this other thing. Oh, those are the best but, people uh, that go back and, and listen to a, a podcast after the season is over. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, it's great for you. It's good. It, um, I think it's, it's great all around, unless they're being like a real hater of like, oh, you idiots. It's very interesting because you really like it's very nerve wracking trying to be predictive before the, the show starts. And sometimes, you know, I have less than glowing reviews of some of the players and it was really terrifying. No, it's, fun, it's, like, it's fun. And everybody just needs to take a deep breath. We're going, we're, we're making a guess. And if we're right, great. And if we're wrong, great. Yeah, that's true. But you know, I don't like, I, I, I it's, it's uncomfortable when you feel like not only did you say something that was, you know, less than flattering to a player, but then it turns out that you were completely wrong. And then you feel no, like you're no, like, no, 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 no. That, that's the best case scenario. The worst case <laughs> scenario is when you're completely unflattering and it turns out that you were exactly right. Then yeah, it's, Max like, Dawson. it's like, yeah. boy, this person barely knew me and he completely nailed me to a T. Like, yeah, for instance, with Cass back in Survivor Kagiyan coming in, I'm like, yeah. uh, I, I think she's the first one out. I, I think she's terrible. I mean, I don't yeah. think she's going to go far at all. And then Cass got to say, you know, you stupid idiot. I made it yeah. as far. I made it 38 days. You don't know anything. And so it, it's it's a it's it's fun. It's fun. The The problem is where, you know, you have other people where. And this has happened a couple times where I say, I think that person's the first one out. I, they, 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 this is going to be a disaster. And then they are. And then uh, that's that's the tougher one to sort of navigate. Because then they're super mad at you. Like somehow you caused it. Like, oh, yeah. Like I caused it or I said something I'm like, no, like, but whatever you're putting out, people are picking up and saying, like, get rid of this person first. Yeah, no, for sure. Like I, uh, I called Max Dawson the specialist. And he was not appreciative of that. And then he flamed out in like spectacular specialist fashion. And then I felt worse about yeah, but it. Somehow. There was a swap there. There was like some extenuating circumstances. I know. I'm just I'm saying that sometimes you write that when you're when you when you nail it is sometimes worse than. <laughs> yeah. Than when you don't. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Because then it, again, if uh, you know, when we get it wrong, they get to say you're, you guys are so stupid. You don't know anything. I'm like, I know. Oh, my God. We're so dumb. So. Like, I don't even know what I'm thinking. I should. I'm just going to burn the whole system to the ground right now. Yeah. Look, people, uh, people need to make their drafts so that uh, people love the system. Angie, if people made it two hours into it, they either love the system or they are hate listened uh, about the system. I don't like it when they hate listen. <laughs> well, like, well, you like, should make like that just... disclaimer at the beginning. <laughs> 
I'm saying it now. It's like you don't need to post in the comments that you think the system is stupid. Yeah. And that. Well, you would think like, that we would have weeded I, those people out by now. You'd think they'd stop no. listening. Like, I, I get it. You think it's stupid. You don't have to like it. It's all right. Yeah. That's and, you know, when you're when your system is more accurate than mine, then we can talk. Right. Right. Uh, you, you don't need to listen. And you also you don't need to also like say that you're not going to listen. Also, you could just not you could just not listen. That's true. I like it when people like go out of their way to say, I think your system's stupid, but I like listening to your podcast because you have a cute laugh. Oh, I'm no, like, that's no. good. No, that's you fun. that's, you that's a win. The- that's a win. Take that, Angie. You don't get the laugh if you think I'm stupid. No, I'm you sorry. Take, I would take that. You at least uh, like worst is uh, I think it's stupid and I didn't listen. You know, that they, they, they no one they else should either. They don't, yeah, <laughs> they don't need why. to tell you that they didn't listen. They could just not listen. Yeah, it's true. Like, what do I know? I don't see the analytics. I don't know who downloads your podcast. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know three, three people listen. I don't know. All right. Angie, All uh, right. what else? So what else do we need to talk about? Nothing. Sign up to uh, Code Seasons for me for the new uh, for the new system. It is it is a crowdsourced system without coders. We have nothing. So the more data we get, the more nuanced and uh, amazing. What is this? Is this the, are the are you still going back to the old seasons or this is the new season? It's everything. It's all of it. So, yeah, we're still coding old seasons. And essentially what we're trying to be able to do is really analyze uh, what people did um well and what they didn't do well and how that that kind of uh i think in 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 retrospect as an analysis tool on who played a good game i think it's going to be highly effective is that the I end mean, game that we have some sort of a like uh be able to tell like uh who actually did good and who didn't who's the best player of all time yes that's my end game i mean it's it, it can be used as a predictive tool i'm less excited about that side of things cuz um it's 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 honestly it's kind of ruining the game a little bit because now I can't not see it. So like after about three episodes, I think I can have a pretty good idea of who's winning. Mm-hmm. And I never used to be. I never could do that before. I, I just enjoyed watching the show and I turned that part of my brain off. Yeah. But I'm also better able to to understand how just because someone is causing a fight or being aggressive, it doesn't mean that they that their chances are less good. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, oftentimes if in the right combination of other other things that they're doing, it, it means that they're actually doing really well. And I never understood the nuances of that kind of thing before before doing this. It's really changed the way I've watched the show. So if you're if you're interested in knowing more about it, um, check out my Twitter page because there's a sign up sheet there and it has lots of information about, you know, joining a Facebook group where we talk about it and that kind of thing. Sean's blog is really amazing. It has like the whole you know, evolution of it over all of last season, as well as a nice intro as to what we're doing. And uh, I really like it, too, because I, I feel like it, it lends a little bit more credibility to the original character types, because if, if, if you're able to say, you know, if 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 Jacob as the pony boy is showing a lot more, a lot of diplomacy and empathy early on, then that means he's going to go far. I like being able to do that rather than just be like this catch all category that once the game starts, oh, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Okay. You know, that's that's my end game for it. All right. Angie, uh, great job. Do you have a hashtag today? Ah, I was not paying attention to hashtags. Let me think. Um, the G.I. Jane gosh. Bright. Sure, if you want. <laughs> and let me know uh, that uh, you could also do hashtag 
pro mascot or anti mascot if we should have because i feel like that that could be its own podcast of that i feel like we need a better definition of what you mean by mascot too like do you mean like a little stuffed animal that represents that or do you mean like it could be a pop figure certainly of each person but you know instead of just like shorthand of like all right uh like let's let's talk about the uh i could see your periscope aka who is cast this season who is the season's cast um, the season's cast is Angela. I know. I'm saying that in the future, that this is how it would work. Oh, okay. Sorry. I missed you there. Yeah. So you, so you, it could be like, like bitmojis too and stuff like that too. Is what you're thinking, right? Not just. <laughs> it could be whatever. It could be, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, a Lego. It could be anything. Uh, I just want to have a name to associate with the uh, character type. Okay. Or hashtag find the way it is. Yeah, I, yes, I guess I guess that's true. Also, hashtag pitchfork people. Yeah, <laughs> who are the pitchfork people? The uh, people uh, are going to be like Rob. Why are you messing with this? It's fine. I can remember the character types. Why can't you? Are, are there th- uh, that many people that are so overprotective of the system and the character types? They're a small but mighty group. <laughs> I'd like to say. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I don't know. Angie is available on Twitter. At Angie Cons. What do you got, Sean Falconer's uh, website again? Yeah, he's seanfalconer.blogspot.ca. Okay. Sean Falconer. And you can go ahead, go ahead and follow Sean and Amanda too, because uh, they're they're heavily involved in this system, more so than me on many days. And wonderful people. And so uh, support the work that they're doing by uh, visiting seanfalconer.blogspot.ca. We've got uh, still uh, one more Survivor preview to go. Uh, we have the uh, Corinne Kaplan brutal cast assessment. Uh, Corinne, she has been working on her system for uh, several weeks now. She has been uh, coding all of the character <laughs> flaws of all of these people and preparing biting remarks uh, for each of them. That's going to be coming up on. Uh, we'll record that Monday night. I'll have that out for you guys on Tuesday. And then we'll get to the Survivor series premiere. It's Ghost Island series premiere on wednesday night so a lot a lot to do angie a lot to do i don't even like want to make jokes because the korean cast is coming up it's like you don't even bother no. next to that don't bother next to that also uh the uh still two more pieces of first one out to go uh also uh coming one coming monday and then another one uh following the premiere on Thursday. So uh, lots of stuff coming up uh, with the Survivor. And of course, our full boat of Survivor content coming up in addition to everything going on with the Y blank lost and also the RHAP B&B. Subscribe to our Survivor podcast feed. And we always appreciate your feedback and star ratings. Rob is website.com slash Survivor podcast or for all things RHAP. Rob has website.com slash iTunes. Angie, uh, thank you. Anything else you want to uh, mention before we sign off? No, I think I'm good. I'm very stoked. I'm looking forward to the season. It's going to be awesome. Okay, it's going to be, it should be a lot of fun. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.